That's ticket green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That's ticket green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That's ticket green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Billy Gunn, the best theme song of the 90s. Well, one of the best theme songs of the 90s, man. Is it because the best surprises always sneak up from behind? It's exactly why. And you already know that's the reason why. Well, welcome to another illustrious episode of the High Flyers Wrestling Podcast. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> the Beavis Butthead of Wrestling is back. It's your boys, Dom and Terry. Terry over there with this fantastic Star Wars shirt. What's, what's going on? And this damn black glove. What's going on, fam? Nothing much, you know. I gotta bring you my Monday night space because you know I refuse to say the name, but I gotta embody the persona because it's a fantastic character. I mean, considering you know what he was fighting to go fight over there for, you know, the the bloody glove probably you know makes a lot of sense, but we'll get to that though. (laughs) But Monday Night Raw jumped off. Um, it was in Salt Lake City that was going through uh, a mean weather blizzard. You know what I'm saying? But it's still like it was a nice turnout, though. It didn't look like it was just really, like, affected that bad. Yeah, because, I mean, from what they tried to show, it seemed like it was packed. Right. So, I mean, you know, good CGI work, I guess. But it jumped <laughs> off with Randy Orton um, supposed to come out there and explain, you know, why he attacked Ed. Shout out to the dude with the Why Randy Why sign. He looked like he was legit hurt. I mean, I feel him because I mean, I was I was laughing, but I could feel the pain. You know what I'm saying in the audience when all that was going on. But right, and we was just about we was just talking about like how Randy, you know what I'm saying, does the little things so well as far as like facial expressions, you know, and just like little movements and certain things like that. He said a lot without saying nothing. Like conflicted Randy Orton is fantastic. You know what I'm saying because. He looked like he legit didn't want to do what he did. But us knowing the situation, we can kind of understand. Because, I mean, like I told you at the Rumble, like as soon as Edge eliminated Randy Orton, we already kind of knew that was about to happen. So, right. yeah, he basically came out there. He he didn't even do his signature pose on the turnbuckle. Like that's how remorseful he looked like he felt. So, I mean, he just – Fantastic all around. I mean, he just basically just, you know, said, I can't do this, and then ended up walking to the back. But as far as the opening segment goes, Randy Orton, man, how did you feel about it? I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of that Roman Reigns post-mania where he just let the booze do it, do all the talking. Cause, I mean, coupled with the fact that every time Randy legit tried to say something, it's like the booze got louder. So, I can't do this, and my drop and walk out. He didn't even like walk up the ramp and walk to the back. He like walk, you know what I'm saying, through the side. Like he was ashamed or something. Only thing that's missing was a uh, old girl from the Milwaukee Potomac with the bell. Shame. 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 That's it. Shame. <laughs> now that definitely would have made everything perfect. But man, once again, I am I'm looking for I'm looking forward to this feud, though, man. Like I said, everybody that was bitching about it, like, y'all need to chill out. Like, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> you know, just let it play out. And this is a 
the best way to write Edge off of TV, you know what I'm saying? So they don't waste his, what, 20 appearances. So. Even though allegedly he's supposed to appear next week to give us like an update or something. From, he goes, from what Jerry was saying, but oh. I don't really pay too much attention to him because he just be throwing stuff out there. I'm going to get to him. I, I, I'm definitely going to get to Jerry King Lalu because he was tripping all night. But, I mean, so what, he going to show up in a wheelchair like Vicky Guerrero did on SmackDown that time <laughs> and give us an update on how his neck feels, spinal. And then we proceeded that with a rematch between Lana and Liv Morgan. <sighs> I don't know. We thought this shit was going to be done last week. Um, obviously, it is not. Liv Morgan ended up winning again, so there was really no reason for this to take place except for, you know, Ruby Riot returning. So, um, as far as, like, Ruby Riot return, you know, how did you feel about it? Even though it, it had to take place and we had to, like, sit through another five minutes. I mean, I'm okay with her returning, and we kind of all expected her to attack Liv, but... To me, it, the return should have been used one of two ways. Either A, she should have, her and Liv should have like joined forces and just beat down Lana. That way, you could have Liv with a stronger wrestler and character to continue to improve. Or B, she should just beat the shit out of both of them. I would prefer B to be honest with you. Same, but you know, I'm still trying to give Liv some type of leg. But she could have came out and she could have tried to, you know, pull out the whole anti-diva storyline that Paige rocked in um, NXT. Yeah. Because, I mean, as far as the typical woman wrestler that Vince goes for, she's the exact opposite. Uh, once I seen the neck tats, I knew it was about to get real. So, I, if she was going for all, you know, your, your quote-unquote Barbie dolls, then... I would have been fine with it, but who's to say she still won't? Because it's not like she stood by while Lana hit her with her Bella Buster. But does this mean you know, this shit is still continuing though? Because you know she did hit her with the you know the good old X Factor like afterwards. So it's just please don't tell me y'all bringing Ruby Ryan back to get incorporated into this this dumbass storyline like. If anything, just let this be a way for Liv to move away from this finally so we can move on with our lives, hopefully. But um, for the second week in a row, Drew McIntyre squashed the guy. This time it was only one. You know, I ain't going to lie. I thought it was going to be Riddick Moss at first. I was like, Ooh, man, Riddick Moss about to get killed, fam. Because, I mean, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, Mojo's offensive lineman. So I figured, all right, you're going to throw him in, in front of him. Now, I mean. Like Mojo with any better shit. That's true. But talk about the promo that Drew McIntyre cut before the match even started, though. Which part? The part where he said he was going to beat um, Mojo in three seconds? Yeah. And then he was just like, oh, my bad. I forgot you was over there. <laughs> Yo. Like, character Drew, like charisma showing Drew is fantastic. I, I still don't want to officially call him a face because... I don't really fit, consider him a face. He's more of like that tweener. Well, he said, well, he did say like he's not really a face or he, he just out there just having fun. So, I mean, you can just take it how you want to. He just, 
the crowd can just tell he's like having fun, so they they just cheering for him. But he said he's really not either one of them. He just being him. And then literally three seconds later, you know, his hand was raised in victory, and Mojo was laid on his back. Man's didn't even take nobody come out and try to take the twenty four seven championship. Especially after the match, because it wasn't on the line during the match. But yeah, I mean, once the bell rung, it should have been like just known our truth was going to pop up out of somewhere. I'm kind of hoping he can get away from that too, though. Like I, you know, it's been great. He's did fantastic things with it, but I feel like he, you know, especially with the whole United States Championship situation going on right now, why not throw in, you know, what I'm saying the thirty time twenty four seven champ. Who's the United States? Oh, never mind. Yeah, he's not there right now. You, you were Which probably allegedly a couple more people is gonna be added to that not there right now list. That's true. Even though one of them they said was, but he's actually not. He's actually out because he got a concussion. So, up next, we had the six man elimination tag match between Buddy Murphy and AOP taking on Kevin <laughs> Owens and the Viking Raiders. <laughs> so. Eric was eliminated first after Seth Rollins hit him with a curve stalk, you know, outside the ring rope, you know, threw him in, Buddy Murphy pinned or whatever. On the other side of the ring, however, <laughs> your boy Ivar, I think that was what Akum, which one of the members of ALP, he was trying to hit him with a splash. Uh, he moved, and when I say he smacked into that LED board so hard, it kind of blinked on and off a little bit, I laughed. I laughed my ass off, and yes, I did rewind that part like five times. Just listen for the smack. Now, it wasn't like Brock Lesnar throwing Rey Mysterio against, you know what I'm saying, the wild smack, but it was a good one. He hit us all. He dislocated his own damn show. <laughs> Which left Kevin? Kind of made my shoulder hurt a little bit. It did, you know, you get that little that little pinch. Mm-hmm. But left Kevin Owens on a three-on-one situation. And hey man, KO, he eliminated Buddy Murphy and Aiken before uh you know Razor came in and hit it with two mean ass spine busters. Say so, hey, that was like some like some Farouk APA spine busters. Like those that's what those reminded me of. Yeah, like not even Orrin Anderson. Yeah, like seriously though. And my thing is this, um, even though KO lost, I like the fact that he is like over as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he lost, and the whole crowd literally still gave him a standing ovation. Because you know, once again, the odds is you know stacked against him. And you know, he did end up getting retaliation, like you know later on in the night. But yeah, man, like I'm glad we finally getting like a legit baby face run with Kevin Owens because you remember when he was starting his they ended up flipping him back because I think that's when Daniel Bryan got hurt so they needed another heel mm-hmm. Alistair Black beat Eric Young while we sign um, unfortunately your boy Bill Goldberg is also going to be on Friday Night Smackdown I was trying to avoid talking <sighs> that's all we're going to say no rant keep it pushing how did you feel about Alistair Black's promo after uh, kicking Eric Young's head out? Who also looks like Woody Harrison on Welcome to Zombieland now. That's who it is. I couldn't put my finger on it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
I just hope that this actually goes somewhere and it's not another year of him doing these promos from the back to the ring and he doesn't even get another you know uh United States championship title run at least. Right. Because the man is fantastic in the ring. He gives fantastic promos. If you give him more than thirty seconds to work, you can actually have a good match. I'm like you. Um, all in all, um, yeah, definitely United States Championship. Cause like I said, it's it's kind of like all over the place right now. But probably one of my favorite moments of Monday Night Raw. Alistair Black to his woman, Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega, sweet Jesus. Came out there looking like a little red hot Mike and Ike. Came out there with Angel. Go- so, um, are they cousins for real? Humberto yeah, and Angel like- Gordon? Oh, okay. No, I mean, I legit did not know that. I thought they was just, you know, doing some WWE, you know, they are related somehow. But it, you know, stuff happens, you know. Either way, now it all makes it all makes yeah. sense now. That's why I was saying back during the whole um, cruiserweight thing with Leo that I preferred Angel Goes over Humberto. And look, man, I love Zelina New Vega, but that probably felt like one of the longest uncomfortable promo segments between, you know, her and Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. And it wasn't even just because they was like talking, you know, in their native tongue or whatever. It was just the fact that you don't really care too much about Humberto Carrillo enough to like get behind him when he getting chastised. Yeah, like literally 15 seconds after Angel Garza came out, everybody cared more about Angel than they did Humberto. Exactly. And you know, uh, long story short, Angel Garza came out there looking like a Mexican Cesaro, by the way. He was about to, uh, you know, hit Humberto with a hammerlock DDT. On the exposed turn, on the exposed concrete, and who came out there to make the save, bro? And just <clears throat> what happened after that? So your favorite Mexican wrestler, Rey Mysterio, came out and made the save, and then we ended up getting a fantastic Rey Mysterio Andrew Garza match. Um. The reversals, yeah, that chain reversal spot, pretty dope. Um, I I personally don't understand why a DDT on the concrete is a cause for a DQ, but Ray got hammerlock DDT'd onto the floor, and I laughed, especially when they zoomed in and he said this shit hurt. (laughs) I'm glad you caught that because I just was laughing too. I'm like, wow, fam. Ain't a lot of super kicky here, Ray Mysterio, with before that DDT was nasty, too. And I don't know if this is a, a full time move to Raw or if this is just, you know, 30 days while Andrade is working out his suspension. But welcome to Monday Night Angel. And I'm cool with either situation, to be honest. 
But you know, you know, you know what'd be funny about that though? Like if there is like a permanent move to Raw, it's gonna make Humberto look even worse. Yep. They'll be like, well damn, bro. Your cousin is more charismatic than you, so we just gonna root for your cousin even though we ain't supposed to. And then it's funny that even with him being suspended, in the same spot as always, following up an Andrade segment, your girl Charlotte Flair comes up. <sighs> Oh, go ahead. You did not. You did, you did not already threw it after. Just go ahead and just just keep going, fam. So, she came out and she's saying that you know she's having a hard time decide deciding um, which title challenge for WrestleMania. Because she's held the Raw Championship a jillion times and the SmackDown title she's held a few times. She's beaten Becky. She's beaten Bailey. Blah 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 blah. Right on cue. Right as the crowd was chanting for her, out walks the NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. Stop right there. It's, this is why I said I was about to get to Jerry King Lawler, because as soon as her music that this motherfucker said, who's that? Who's this? Just don't say anything, fam. Just, my bad, continue. I just had to, I just, I just had to say that and get that out, because that annoyed the hell out of me, yo. So Rio, you know, kindly reminds Charlotte that, hey, I've pinned you, but you've never pinned me. So how about we fight? Charlotte being, you know, the heel that she is, she just calmly left the ring, walks up the ramp, and gives a good old woo before she leaves. Then later on in the night, we find out that Charlotte's going to be in a, appearing on NXT Wednesday night to answer the challenge. And it looks like we're going to be getting an NXT Women's Championship match. More than likely, probably, as the main event of WrestleMania, or at least one of them. So, at first, I felt like they probably should have just kept that a surprise. as like Charlotte like showing up on NXT. But I guess maybe considering, like, the Ravens thing, they feel like it was better to announce it so people can like stay glued on the NXT. Like, what you what you thinking about that? Yeah, it's definitely a Ravens move. But I mean, here's the thing: more than likely, she's probably gonna pop up during the whole Bianca real contract signing. Yeah, because I figured she was gonna at least show up at Takeover Portland, like before she even announced anything. So I just figured she was gonna show up at Portland, you know, at Takeover Portland, like either after the match or like to interrupt the match. To give us something that I know you was calling for, like a possible triple threat match with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, I would be fine with any any of those scenarios because it's like it's not also guaranteed that Rhea is gonna be you know beat Bianca at Takeover, so we, we could get Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair also. Yeah, I mean I'm cool with either one of them, honestly. But as far as the promo and stuff go, I, I like it. You know what I'm saying? I like the NXT champ, you know, getting Charlotte face and being like, say, say around. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just go ahead and stop playing games. Let's do this. And to be honest with you, Rhea's probably like one of the only women that can like, like look eye to eye with Charlotte and kind of like look over her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like her and Bianca. Yeah, basically. So. Either way it go, it'll be a good matchup. Not gonna lie, I was surprised at how good and physical this Oscar versus Natalia match was. 
Now, I know you caught it when Natalia was like, you want to shoot on me? And at first, I didn't really catch it. But when I went back and looked, uh, yeah, I still kind of hit her with a little, little kick that uh, I don't think Natalia was ready for or expecting. And then, honestly, that made the match that much more better because they was beating shit out of each other. Yep. You right know, after that, after that kick to the chin. Yeah, it was vicious. You know, he's... You see on you know social media, you know, the Teddy got that little little stinger on that eye, you know what I'm saying? So but I know we give well, I give the Teddy shit because of her promos. Nobody's ever questioned like her wrestling abilities. It's weird to like just see her just randomly have matches, but I think they be using the Teddy for like that transitional feud, you know what I'm saying? Like after you get out of a big feud, I arrest the Teddy for a little bit until we mm-hmm. find you something to do. So I mean as far as that goes to the match was fine. Um, thoughts on Oscar versus Natalia? I mean, I was pleasantly surprised with the match, um, especially after the last match where Natalia won for no reason whatsoever. Because she made a tap out in the in the middle of them building Oscar to you know be a challenger for Becky Lynch at that. So I mean, I'm definitely glad that Oscar got her win back. The match was a really really good match. Um. Probably one of Natty's best matches in the past year, at least. Yeah, I just, yeah. And Oscar, you know, because post match, Oscar called out Becky and said she wanted another match. Becky came out and said, fine. And getting Becky, Oscar again next week. Look, if they don't give Oscar the belt, then maybe this is possibly going to set up Divas of Doom versus the Kabuki Warriors. And look, I'm fine with that because the women tag team championships kind of become an afterthought right now, which don't get me wrong, it's cool because this Becky Oscar feud was needed. But let's see some tag team wrestling again. Especially considering the fact that Poe Cody saying, like, she she tried to, eye candy now. She tried to sneak up on Becky and she literally just kicked her in the stomach and said, and flexed and said, see? Superpowers, eyes in the back of my head, and they just walked out the ring after putting on them ugly ass glasses. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you though. If Oscar don't get the belt, even if we don't get like a tag team match, have Oscar win and then let her hold us to WrestleMania. And then her and Becky can go ahead and have a match at WrestleMania if they want to. And then, you know, you can get Becky to go back or whatever you want to do. But, just like she said with Charlotte Fleur, if Oscar end up losing, it ain't no point to see this no more. Exactly. The main events of the evening. Okay, throughout the night, they had a backstage interview with Ricochet and a backstage interview with Bobby Lashley. And look, I know we in February in Black History Month, but as soon as they started talking, they promo just I just wanted them to lose just because they promos was horrible. Does Especially Ricochet. Don't need to talk. He does not need to talk. Just and fly around. It's funny watching him attempt to like roast people on social media. Because when I read his tweets, all I hear is his voice. And it it, it, it it's just difficult to like entertain, bro. Like it, it just really is. But you know, triple threat match, um, Ricochet, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. 
the winner gets a championship title shot over there. So we so we're not gonna call it by his name. Over like there. Our name for it, not there. Oh, name. blood money. Oh yeah. yeah. Well yeah. At one of the blood money pay-per-views, you know. So um as far as the match goes, it was fairly entertaining. You know, they started out Seth and Bobby Lashley was jumping Ricochet, and then you know, Bobby Lashley being Bobby, Lashley. bro, that's fine. Busty, he hit on Seth Rollins, <laughs> vicious. Now I don't know, and I know it's been a couple of years, and it could just be me, but every time I see Seth Rollins like miss and land on his land on his feet, I still like get nervous for his knee. <laughs> yes, every I time I still get this. Ah, okay, you good, you good, but you know. He probably but, still be like, Ooh, here we go. Right. You know, Buddy Murphy and AOP came out there. They they tried to, you know, do their thing for Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, man, just that reaction with his music hit, bro. You can't tell me he's not one of the top baby faces right now on either show. Then, you know, him and the undislocated shoulder member of Viking <laughs> Raiders came out there. He got rid of Buddy Murphy and, you know, AOP. And then, um, hey, Ricochet ended up getting the dub. And <laughs> soon as the referee hit three, first of all, shout out to the referee because he got out that ring quick as hell. Uh, like, man, did you not see what was coming? Yeah. He seen it before we seen it. Ricochet show didn't because he got hit with a mean L5. <laughs> So we will be having Brock Lesnar taking on Ricochet at Blood Money for, you know what I'm saying, the WWE <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship. And I know I'm, and I, yeah, I, you know, but you couldn't have, honestly, this probably would have been the best chance to have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I know you can't have like two heels going against each other, but considering that pay-per-view isn't really just canon like that, you could have just did it. Like, you know, just have, you know, just have a one-off match. But at the same time, storyline-wise, it makes sense for Ricochet to win because, I mean, he did kick him. You know, he did hit Brock in the nuts. He did. Brock kicked him in the nuts. So, you know, now we get to see Ricochet get thrown out the ring worse than Drew McIntyre threw him out at the Royal Rumble. Boy, going to get thrown all the way into the Mediterranean Sea. He's going to sell the German suplexes phenomenally, though. He is. He may even get a little bit of uh, offense in. I think so. I think he will. You know, and see. I mean, you know, he's going to have on a nice DC inspired costume. You're going to have to have something because uh, you could dress like any superhero in the world. Brock Lesnar still going to whoop that ass. Going <laughs> <laughs> to be straight like Thanos in Infinity War. But this does go back to like a long time ago, you know, when they when they did have that little standoff, and I was like, maybe they just kind of want to see how they look, you know, what I'm saying in a ring together for a future match. So, you know, maybe this was just all setting up to this. But overall, how was you feeling about Monday Night Raw as a whole? I mean, I surprisingly enjoyed it, fluff, fluff included, you know. Because as far as like the live Lana stuff, we got the Ruby Riot return. Came in a greened up. Right. Um, we got to see Rhea Ripley, Andrew Garza. So 
uh, Alberto Carrillo took a beautiful hammer like DDT on the concrete floor again. And Ray Mysterio, you came out to help him only for you to get hammer like DDT. You should just let him get DDT, bro. Yep. They care about you, not Humberto. Nobody care if he gone for another month or two. So, I mean, overall, I give Raw this week a solid B. I can live with that. It was, it was a, it was a serviceable, watchable three hours, you know. And although the name still annoys me, this Seth Rollins stuff is starting to get me to come around because it is, it is fairly entertaining. Get you a glove, my brother. Nah, man, the glove don't fit. You must have quit. And on that note, let the people know where they can find us and these episodes. Join Dark Order. You can find these episodes and all other previous episodes at HotFlyerPodcast.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, be it Apple Music, Google, uh, Spotify, Pandora, etc., etc. At HotFlyer Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at HotFlyer Podcast. On Twitter at Podcast Flyers. Dom at Wrestling Snipes 21. Terry at underscore Bobby Digital. And until next time, that's the way. Too sweet. Peace. (laughs)